I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. This is Apologies Accepted, the, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Juliet. And I'm not Theo. I'm never going to drop that. <laughs> well, you'll never not be Juliet, so it's appropriate. <laughs> so how are you doing this week, Theo? What's shaking? What is shaking, bacon? Oh, my God. Did I just say that? <laughs> right now. Um, actually, so great week, except today sucked. Uh, we have a it's smoke alarm. It's only like alarm. 10 o'clock there. How could it suck already? Because oh, I've been up for six and a half hours now Ugh. at 4 a.m. At 4.09 a.m. I mean, let's be fair. Um, I shouldn't exaggerate. Our smoke alarm went off with the low battery indicator. Oh, and fuck. so, beep, right? <laughs> so you wake up and it's like, oh, God, all right, all right, the battery, fine. All right, I think they beep for a month and then it's once a day or whatever. No, <laughs> no, no. It's just, just random, seemingly like every 30 minutes. So at 5, 11 a.m., I got out of bed. I used every oh, curse no. word I knew, right? Now, walk with me, ladies and gentlemen, down two flights of stairs. Let's count them. There's 49 of them between two <laughs> floors to go into the garage to grab a 10 foot ladder that I had to then carry back up 49 uh. stairs, right? Two flights through the living room, past the sleeping puppy into the bedroom. And maybe, maybe it's 520 AM by this point, And I'm still swearing mm-hmm. like a, like a sailor, right? Mm-hmm. I climb up there, I pull the battery out thinking that's going to solve the problem. It didn't. Oh no. So then I had to go and get a battery. Right? Because we didn't have any of the square ones in the house. Oh, no. Right? Because who uses those other than smoke alarms? So, I had to drive at whatever time, quarter of six in the morning, looking for battery. Good luck finding anything that's open because it's Sunday. It's Memorial Day weekend. Right? So, everything's closed. Grocery stores are not open that early around here. So, usually they are. I mean, usually they're... Who cares, right? I'm making this a long story. Went to the 7-Eleven because it was open and went inside and I asked the guy if they had batteries. It was his first day on the job and he didn't know. (laughs) And I couldn't find them. (laughs) But he also wasn't quite sure what I was asking for because I was half awake and I was really mad. I was so angry, right? And I'm blaming my genetics on this. (laughs) Because I have a lot of Celtic blood, and I'm of the opinion that <laughs> when Irish, Scottish people, dash of French, get pissed off, like, just something happens in the DNA, and we go into battle mode, right? Oh, I'm wondering if that's racist. No, because I'm Irish guy. I'm saying, about, I'm saying it okay. about me. So okay. okay. Interesting you asked that question, because we're going to circle back to that as, as we get to, after I finish my long, exciting story about the battery. <laughs> anyway, so the guy had no idea uh, where the batteries were. He wasn't even sure what I was asking for, because I stupidly asked for a packet of batteries. So I get that he was confused. I was thinking, you know, how they come like in a 
case or whatever, uh-huh. right? That's what I was asking for. It was a packet of batteries. But it was uh-huh. confusing to him because, you know, a packet of cigarettes, I'm sure, was what he was thinking of. So anyway, I just ended up standing there saying, battery, 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 <laughs> louder and louder and louder. Because he kept not really asking quite what I was asking for. And then he walked from behind the counter and he was like, I think they're here. And yeah, they were. They were right behind me. And so I felt like and looked like a white asshole, right? Because if you're not understanding what an English speaker is saying, then the English speaker has to just say the same thing again louder. Over and over louder, right? Right. Until they break your eardrums. Well, there you go. You did it. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm real happy I shared that with the world. (laughs) <laughs> At least I got my batteries. Yes, exactly. And what about so, you? How is your week slash your morning? Did you have to go buy batteries at 530 no, in the morning? Thank God. No, oh. I didn't. Um, but we last spoke on Monday, I think. Was it Monday? I think so. Because last was. weekend I drove home. So I, all I've done since then is work um, and do yoga. I started doing yoga again uh, on Tuesday. But I'm not doing it at the at the yoga studio because I'm so out of shape that I can't I can't get through the whole 90 minutes. I'm doing Bikram, and um, I can only get through 30 minutes right now. But 30 minutes when I first started uh, on Tuesday, I could only do five minutes. So now I can do 38 minutes, which is I'm 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 pleased with myself. Although it seems really ridiculous because I used to do like 90 minutes every day, but. Anyway, um, you know, when you sit on the couch for a year and a half or five years or 10 years, you kind of lose the ability to do the yoga you once could do. So let that be a lesson to everybody, especially as you get older, because not only can you not do the yoga, but you're, you hurt everywhere all the time. So yoga should be good for me. Yoga will be amazing for I'm always impressed by anybody that does yoga. Yoga is not hard. It's just hard. <laughs> oh my God, no. I've tried. I've, I've tried twice. Um, and I had one successful 30 uh, minute session in a class setting at uh-huh. school, right? Uh-huh. I've taken this English course, and the professor brought in a friend of hers who's a yoga instructor. And we were doing it because whatever, whatever we were reading, right? Okay. To get into cool. Eastern spiritualism and all that. And I felt great for like three days afterwards, like yeah. just amazing. Totally. But I never did it again because it was well, hard. Well, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard mentally too. And that's the hardest part, I think, is just fighting with yourself to not fight with yourself over what can you do, what can't you do, um, how hard it is, and do I want to do this, and why am I not in bed right now, and all that kind of thing. So that's yoga for me anyway. I, I think it's I think it's that way for a lot of people, but maybe not the super fit ones. They probably just do it and have a great day. <laughs> they do it to show off. But um, like hitting yourself on the head, it feels so good when it's over that it makes it all worthwhile. So. Wow, that's a really tempting way to, it's a great way to tempt people into yoga. It's like hitting <laughs> yourself, like in the hitting head. yourself on the head. It's great when it's over. <laughs> you feel so good when it's over. Uh, but it's true. And other than that, uh, there was something else I was going to tell you about, but I've totally forgotten what it was. So was it about dogs? That's it. No, my dog hasn't done anything interesting. Has yours? No, happily. My dog has <laughs> not done anything interesting. <laughs> He's not so bitey? He's a little bitey, but much, much, much less. Like uh, our trainer mentioned the other day, she was like, yeah, I remember when you first called me and you were like, you were just done. You were yeah. like, you, 
it was over. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you're a miracle worker, man. So wow. um, thank you, Michaela. You are awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes. And I asked her if she would take Henry if I got back to being <laughs> done with it. Not it as in Henry, but done it as in having a dog. Just done. <laughs> yeah. But little Henry, lucky for him, he gets to live here another week. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I'm sure he's like six foot tall by now because he seems to be getting bigger and bigger every time he I grows, see a picture of him. When I'm looking at him, I can see him growing. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. He's I probably. How big he's going to get. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's like Clifford the Big Red Dog. Um, mm, totally. Yes. Which takes us to cartoons, which takes us to that wasn't on purpose, but there's a segue. Let's grab it. Um, All right. Yeah. Today we are discussing a cartoon character. Pepe Le Pew, who's a Warner Brothers cartoon character who was introduced in 1945 and who appears in Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's episodes. Um, Pepe Le Pew is a French skunk who aggressively amorously pursues black cats and other black feline type animals who somehow seem to have accidentally had a white stripe painted down their back. Um, generally speaking, his rapey attitude frightens and repels the targets of his affections. And we have, um, did you want to say anything else about Pepe Le Pew or the, the introduction of Pepe Le Pew to the world before I go on to the, the meat of the matter? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, um, so I always love to trip down the, the history path. So if this is a good time to discuss, yeah. like, let's do it. What the hell are cartoons, right? Um, what are cartoons? What are cartoons? Uh, so is I don't anime? have anime. Well, I'm not touching that one. I, <laughs> I have friends who are into comic books, and the yeah. DC Marvel War is huge, and I don't care or understand it. Right. And then anime is just like nuclear. Right. Right. Let's not go there. I agree. Not even. Don't um, know a thing about it. Best not to touch it. It's super cool and really interesting. <laughs> and I'm so totally lying. By it. We've never looked at it. Um, but it. But anime is cartoons. Or life, I don't know. Um, but so cartoons, sort of, um, it's always hard to pinpoint what was the first anything. And so I won't say that this was the first cartoon, but I will say that in 1906, um, a chalk drawing of uh, humorous faces, and the cartoon's called humorous, humorous Phases of Funny Faces, and it was just somebody was drawing things on a chalkboard, but then it was sort of like stop motion. So initially you see the person standing there drawing a face, and then eventually it's just kind of the face, and it looks like a black and white drawing cartoon. But every now and then they stop and they erase things, and you can tell like, oh, okay, I've been looking at a chalkboard. So cool. Uh -huh. um, and then cartoons were popularized in movie theaters um, as features to silent films and cartoons were easy because there wasn't any talking really involved whereas mm -hmm. in silent films you know you had to stop and put up text to, to keep the audience familiar with the storyline etc so cartoons were easy something everybody could uh could understand relate to follow right um and then moving into suddenly you had studios that were producing cartoons. And so the first real cartoon that we would say like, oh, that's a cartoon would be uh, Disney's 1928 Steamboat Willie. And that's a real cartoon, air quotes around oh, that. Yeah. Don't come and fight with me, historians. Pardon? 
I said, oh, yeah, I remember Steamboat Willie. I mean, not that oh, I was there at the time. I know what I thought you said about. copy that. I was copy like, that. that's cool. Copy that. <laughs> I'm going to. It's my new phrase. Um, let's see. Okay. So, uh, so the reason why that was real is the music was built into the, uh, the film itself, right? This is the mm-hmm. advent of sound. Um, and so, when was that? The 30s? Uh, 1928. 28. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so we moved from 1906, where cartoons are start off as chalk drawing on a chalkboard, to Steamboat Willie 22 years later, where we've mm-hmm. actually got sound in the picture, right? So you have a couple of studios that um, produce cartoons, that specialize in cartoons, and Warner Brothers is uh, the parent of Pepe Le Pew, and uh, let's see. They were a cartoon studio, um, and the studio was founded by three Disney veterans. Um, one of them, Frizz Freeling, is a name that I know I've seen a billion times on Warner Brothers cartoons. And let's see, um, Warner Brothers didn't really get happening until Tex Avery uh, came and joined the team. Uh, Avery was young and irreverent, and he quickly recognized the talent of the staff artists such as Chuck Jones. Together, they brought a new kind of speed and snappiness to the Warner Brothers product, beginning with Gold Diggers uh, in 1949. And let's see here. Sorry, everybody. It's just a bunch of dates, and, and I'm just going to say, like, it's it doesn't get any more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So, in... In 1945, Chuck Jones wrote a character called Pepe, and he based uh, Pepe Le Pew, a French uh, or a skunk, on a writer named Ted Pierce, who fancied himself as a ladies' man, but the joke was women just weren't really interested in him. So he apparently had lots of fascination with different women. It wasn't reciprocated, and he just seemed to never understand that. So, all right, cool. Um, and that's the birth of Pepe Le Pew. Well, I will yep. hand the microphone back to you so you can continue <laughs> us on this journey. All right. So I was just going to talk about um, sort of moving moving through the decades. Um, as everyone knows, people have started to become more and more conscious of things like racism and sexual harassment and that type of thing. Um So in 2017, Amber E. George, in her essay called Pride or Prejudice, Exploring Issues of Queerness, Speciesism, and Disability in Warner Brothers' Looney Tunes, described Pepe Le Pew's actions towards Penelope Pussycat as sexual harassment, stalking, and abuse. And more recently, uh, the New York Times columnist Charles M. Blow wrote in a March 3rd article about racism in children's media and products that Pepe Le Pew normalized rape culture. The article that he wrote um, was mainly about six Dr. Seuss books that would no longer be published because of racist and insensitive imagery. And I think, and you were saying, Dave Chappelle did a a skit about Pepe Le Pew? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, but before we move forward, I just want to uh, put a pin in that Dr. Seuss thing and say that those titles were removed by the Dr. Seuss, it's not the foundation, but the estate of Theodore Yes. Oh, Geisel. Geisel. Thank you. Geisel. Um, yes. So that was a decision that the owner of the 
books of the copyright of those books yeah, made the themselves, right? right? Not because there were protests in the street. Um, right. And there were like lesser known books too. I don't think I've ever read any of them except the one about Mulberry Street. The other ones I don't remember having heard of at all. Not, no, uh, Mulberry yeah. Street was the only one that I was familiar with. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so Dave Chappelle in 2000 in his stand-up routine called Killing Them Softly uh, mentioned that Pepe Le Pew was a rapist. And he talks about sitting down to watch cartoons with his little nephew and being so excited to share part of his own youth with his mm-hmm. nephew. Like, oh my gosh, these cartoons are so great. You're just going to love them. And he's watching it with adult eyes and is uncomfortable with with the stalking aspect of mm-hmm. it. That's my word, not his, right? I mean, he just goes yeah. uh, straight into saying... Uh, Pepe Le Pew is a straight up race rapist, you know. Oh my God, what what was I watching? Uh, and then references how that sort of a seed planted at such an early age shapes young men's um, attitudes toward uh, romantic pursuit towards women, yep. right? As yep. as they get older. So, all right, cool. Yeah. So uh, Charles Blow tweeted after he wrote his article um, that right wing blogs are mad because I said Pepe Le Pew added a rape culture. Let's see. One, he grabs, kisses a girl slash stranger repeatedly without consent and against her will. Two, she struggles mightily to get away from him, but he won't release her. Three, he locks a door to prevent her from escaping. This helped teach boys that no didn't really mean no, that it was a part of the game, the starting line of a power struggle. It taught overcoming a woman's strenuous, even physical objections was normal adorable and funny they didn't even give the woman the ability to speak so what happened after that well a few days after the article by charles and blow although i'm told by deadline.com that it's not because of the article by charles and blow um, deadline.com reported that pepe Le Pew would not be appearing in space jam 2 which is an upcoming um, american live action animated sports comedy film directed by malcolm d lee and i guess space jam 1 was a really big hit I think it was. I didn't see it, but it didn't was it have one Michael of those. Jordan in it? I think it did. Um, yeah. And it's sad because my old landlord in LA was one of the animators who worked on that. So, oh, yeah. And he's he had talked to me about that was the biggest picture he'd worked on, right? Sure. That and Tarzan, I think. Um, uh-huh. And I should know more about it, and I don't. And I don't remember because he would start talking about it, and I would just tune it out because it was nerd nerding out Sports, over nerd stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sports movie animation, neither of which I'm interested in personally, so <laughs> I wouldn't have listened either. Well, the, the animation part was cool because you know it was that live action thing, and and yeah. I recall telling uh, him that that the live action cartoon mix had not been done well since who framed roger rabbit and that's the one i was trying to think of yeah, yeah. and that was a one trick pony it was one. like that was amazing yeah. when it came out and it was great yeah. they did it once there's not a part two right? right because the amazing thing is oh my god it's people with cartoon characters oh wow what a world right 1991 what a world 
free <laughs> seven whenever yeah i have no idea it could have been yesterday um so according to deadline.com uh, pepe in space jam 2 was going to be in a hybrid live action animation scene with actress i think her name is pronounced grace santo um and pepe was playing a bartender and starts hitting on santo's character um he starts kissing her arm which she pulls back then slams him into a chair pours her drink on him and slaps him into lebron james who says to pepe that pepe shouldn't be grabbing people without their consent and the story is, according to Deadline.com, that Grace Santo was disappointed that the um, the um, scene had been cut because uh, she had been a victim of sexual harassment um, and has spoken out against it. She recorded a song about it, and she has a nonprofit called Glam with Grace, which gives makeovers to victims of domestic violence. And she enjoyed shooting that Space Jam scene with Pepe because the skunk finally gets his comeuppance. So besides the cancellation of Pepe Le Pew and six Dr. Seuss books last June, uh, last June, the sorry, the Looney Tunes cartoons shown on HBO Max banned Elmer Fudd from having a gun in response to U.S. gun violence, and Disney Plus removed Peter Pan and Dumbo from its children's titles because of stereotypes and racist depictions. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the whole Me Too thing now, or well, I mean, uh, let's let's see. It, are we sort of at the end of that storyline? Like, is I there? Am. Okay, all right, yeah, because I know um, it starts to really branch out from Pepe Le Pew was removed from this movie into oh, cancer, cancer culture. Hi, sorry everybody, I've been awake for a hundred hours now. <laughs> Cancel culture. Um, so that's that's kind of one avenue. Uh, the other avenue is the oversensitiveness. Holy moly. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, see, what's happening is I'm saying words, but I'm really thinking about the words before I say them. Usually I just open my mouth and things come out. <laughs> but I want to make sure I don't F up here real bad. And you can yeah, tell yeah. that I'm paying attention because I'm not swearing. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, and, and then, or it moves into the Me Too movement. Um, and so, I think, let's take a quick look at the standard format of the Pepe Le Pew cartoon. And then we can talk about what is it that was really going on? And is this an issue of um, a, a different culture? our current culture, looking back at works from an earlier culture and not getting the joke because, or is the joke no longer really funny, right? Um, And then move into the Me Too, uh, perhaps, right? Um, So the, the, I was really excited because it was like, oh, we're going to do a cartoon of Pepe Le Pew and great. I haven't seen that in a billion years. Mm -hmm. And Pepe Le Pew is not my favorite character you know i'm Mm -hmm. definitely more of a bugs bunny person if if i'll watch that that's you know Mm -hmm. all right uh peppy lupu was always kind of like the go get some cereal while peppy's on the screen right right because boring who cares right um but so i watched one and um it was i so the one i saw was from 1947 and it was called it had a name it was called, oh, uh, Pepe is Odorable, right? And as I as I was watching it, I, I noticed that they really, really um, 
are making it's a, it's not anti-French, but I'm going to call it anti-French. So here's what I think is going on, right? So the standard format of a Pepe Le Pew cartoon is, um, at least for the one that I saw, it opens with uh, Pepe putting on a robe that looks like a dress, right? Mm-hmm. And he's opening a bottle of champagne and he puts a champagne in a champagne bucket and he puts a white uh, napkin over the champagne bottle because he's Mm -hmm. getting ready to open it. And then he does open it, right? What's really happening is that Pepe Le Pew has a giant penis right in front of him that he's got his hands all over, right? (laughs) If you're a kid, it's a champagne bottle. They're really clear to signal this is a champagne (laughs) bottle. And he puts, you see the white napkin go on top of the bottle right but then he hugs Uh it to his chest and he's pulling off that cap so to speak (laughs) so yeah i was like that went right i mean what how yeah right but okay so so very clearly that but so he's in a dress he's in a robe and he walks behind some lace curtains and he starts addressing the audience um he's smoking a cigarette so there were lots of like interesting things (laughs) happening here like it's a Back in the days when smoking was so normal, even a cartoon character had to do it, right? But it was the feminization of this suave and sophisticated character, right? That he's wearing a dress, that he's concerned about his drink, right? That his drink is fancy, that he is behind lace curtains that you can kind of see through, right? He goes and he lays down on a couch, right? Um, it's And it's all very seductive and it's all very funny. And what's happening is you have American men writers and the uh, uh, cartoonists, but I guess it's really animators. it's writers. Thank you, animators. That's the word I'm, I'm looking for. Can you, can I have your brain for today? No, That'd I need it. That'd be super helpful. <laughs> it doesn't work that well anyway. It, you could just go do yoga for the day. <laughs> and we'd both win because you just That's said. Right. right. Yeah, perfect. Um, okay, so American men are making fun of French men. And this is 1947, so it's post-World War II, right? Where the French sort of, in American culture, were seen as weak and ineffectual because we had to go over and save them from WW2 and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, and the joke here is that why is the, why is the skunk French? Well, skunks smell and the French have perfume, Right. And the French think that the perfume smells great. And they think that all of their suave and sophisticated things are so important, but really they're not. And so American men, I'm, I'm thinking here, are a little, yeah. a, a little unsure about the sex appeal that French guys have f- for American women. I mean, I'll, I'll say like the sort of the classic setup and... 1940s, 1950s sure, sure. things. A French guy walks in the room and all the women are like, oh my God, and swoon, right? right? Um, right. So so they're sort of, um, I don't know as they would say in the UK, taking the piss out of the French here. Um, so, so they think they're sexy, but they don't realize that women are really interested in them. And then at the end of, or at some point in every Pepe, I shouldn't say every, in Pepe Le Pew cartoons, the tables get turned and the female he's been pursuing suddenly starts pursuing him, right? Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he gets black paint poured on him. Um, I think usually it's kind of what happens, right? Um, and he runs away, which is mm-hmm. signaling that French men may have a lot of... Um, uh, French men want to be desired, but they don't really want women, 
right? I see. So, hey, ladies, you might be swooning over these French guys, but they don't really want you. They just want your desire, right? Right. Um, I have just unpacked uh, everything that's going on there and Do hooray for me, right? Relationship. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so... Um, th- the apology that we're going to talk about was written by a guy named Jay Martel in the New Yorker on March 27th of this year, 2021. It's called Pepe Le Pew Apologizes. And I will not read the entire thing because you should really read it yourself. And uh, it's a little bit long to be read on the podcast. But some of the things that he said um, uh, in the voice of Pepe, and I will not do the French accent because I cannot boo, do the French accent. I think you should do the French accent. See, there you go. You should do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Neither of us are brave enough to try a fake French accent. Accent. Um, but uh, Pepe Le Pew says, my actions are not, how do you say, appropriate. Pepe is très sorry. Uh, and he apologizes to my family, my friends, my business associates, other skunks, other French animals, and of course, the cats and dogs whom I confused with highly attractive lady skunks and relentlessly pursued through cities, forests, the Swiss Alps, and ocean liners. I now understand that my interactions may have been insensitive and too personal, and that some of my comments, given my position as a powerful public skunk, made others feel in ways that I never intended. What I took to be an innocent game of lover's chase was to them predation by an aggressive animal. I want you all to know that I'm getting help. I have hired many, many lawyers to help me through this difficult time. To show you how much I've changed, these lawyers have encouraged me to do some positive things that are pretty much the opposite of the bad things I have already done. So he goes on to say that he'll give money to animal rescue centers to help the dogs and cats that he's traumatized. Uh, He'll uh, buy eco-friendly revitalizing shampoo to remove the paint stripes from the animals' backs. And he'll also work with lawmakers through America to upgrade safety standards for painters. So did I miss anything important? Ha, 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 ha. What did I miss? Uh, oh no, no, no! I, th- I think you, I think you got all, all of it. Um, that's I don't even say that's worth getting. It, it's not that it's long. It's it's interesting. It's a very well written piece, and yeah. um, it's yeah. amusing. I'd say it's mildly amusing, and and mildly amusing, and then okay problematic but that's what makes it a, a well-written piece right aside from the fact that like he knows how to spell and type um because i'm sort of not sure exactly what his stance really is right yeah um and so i was wondering like okay jay martell the guy who wrote the piece right in the new yorker the new yorker's a big magazine mm-hmm. um it, they've got money right so of course, they probably bought, uh, paid Warner Brothers some money to use Pepe Le Pew, right? So not only is there a photo of uh, Pepe Le Pew in the piece, but yep. they're writing as Pepe Le Pew. And as yep. a former Disney cast member who worked in marketing and who had a role, a small hand, uh, a mouse finger, ha ha ha, <laughs> in, uh, in copyright protection, I can tell you, we never would have okayed anybody writing as Mickey Mouse about anything. Right? I believe it. Never, ever, ever. There was a nursery school in Orlando next to Disney World, and they had painted Disney characters on the side of the building. Yeah. You know, big ones yeah. for the kids. It's a it's a fucking nursery school, and Disney right. made them yeah. paint yeah. over those wow. characters and warner brothers interestingly came in and interesting to me right yeah everybody else is probably like oh god shut the fuck up click um 
hired some artists to come in and paint Warner Brothers Looney Tunes at the nursery Seriously? school. Yeah. Oh, that's and, hilarious. And smart. Free advertising for them, right? Totally. Close to Disney World. You're talking to families yeah. there. Hi, Warner Brothers. I saw what you did. That's um, funny. But yeah, so... Uh, so, okay, somehow Jay Mortel got permission to borrow Pepe's voice, right? right? And write this piece. And I was like, Jay Mortel, who are you? Because I can't tell if you're if you're saying, oh, the Me Too movement has gone so far that now cartoon characters have to apologize for inappropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. Or if you're saying, oh, hey, um, this was actually inappropriate. And I am going to point out in a humorous way just exactly uh, how uncool this is yeah right um and so i dug into uh jay martell just a teeny tiny bit i didn't get too far with him um uh he's very accomplished he wrote for key and peel so total respect yeah Yeah. right and so already i'm like okay all right i think i can kind of figure out which side of this argument you're going to fall on if you were writing for key and peel you're you're clearly going to be pro me too. Um, you think? Yeah. Well, right. But then, so here, I'm not going to say here's the twist. So then I found his uh, f- his Facebook page, and on his Facebook page there was a link to his website, and so I went to his website because I was like, well, if I can't figure you out from Facebook, I'll figure you out from your website. And I went to his blog, and on November 30th, 2018, there is a blog piece let me know if any of this sounds familiar to you right this is jay martell his uh title for this blog piece is my apology for immediate release a title for which i apologize Hmm. i want to say first of all i'm sorry for letting everyone down my family my friends my representation of course myself the victims too my behavior has been inexcusable it'd be so easy to blame this on being insulated by my wealth and privilege but i refuse to do that and the assistant i'm dictating this to feels the same way um Let's see here. As a result, I'm getting help. I have hired three eminent psychologists, six social workers, a famous pharmacologist, and 42 lawyers to help me through. You have to understand I came of age in the 60s when my behavior wasn't a problem. Um, The truth is I was never good at reading signals. This is the Pepe Le Pew apology. More or less, yeah. Yeah, yep. So he wrote this in 2018. uh, And actually, he published it in November of 2018 on his website. And so I was like, Okay, huh. So you recycled an old piece that was interesting. This isn't an actual apology that no, he's making, right? Yeah, it he's is just being like, a little sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's 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 a standard apology for anybody to grab because we're hearing them left and right. So what was it in about November of 2018 that would cause somebody to say, mm, somebody needs to apologize for sexually inappropriate? Louis C.K. had come back to this comedy uh... stage. He uh, appeared in August of 2018, and by October of 2018, comedians left and right were weighing in on, was he returning too soon? Was this appropriate? What the hell is going on here, right? Um, And a lot of comedians that I respect, Wanda Sykes being uh, one of them, was like, let the man do his thing. Let him work, right? Um, And so I'm like... And I have, I have to take a pause here. I really should take a pause here. Otherwise, I'll just talk nonstop. I've had a 16-ounce Red Bull. Um, but I believe, and this is my opinion, that the Jay Martell blog is a defense of Louis C.K. I see. Right? 
and that this uh, Pepe Le Pew is also a, you know, he's taking his defense of Louis C.K. And, and what was his original blog piece from November 28? It's essentially a template for anybody to use, plug and play for an apology yeah. of being sexually inappropriate. So it works for Pepe Le Pew and it'll work for the next Anyone. person or car- exactly that it, that when this comes up again. Interesting. Um, and so having connected those dots, I'm going to say, maybe negative me too. I'm not sure. Maybe he's saying it's gone too far now. Um, and that hedging little voice I just used is my, I'm not really comfortable with what I'm saying, but it's a thought that I have. I think maybe you're right. I know um, I'm right. <laughs> now that you agree with me, I'm sure. <laughs> I'd float it out for the Julia, like, yeah, that seems plausible. Plausible. It's fucking yeah. true. <laughs> I, I did not know what to think of the uh, Pepe Le Pew apology, whether it was, it was um, an attempt at an honest faux apology, which, looking back, it would kind of be ridiculous. Um, or it was an excuse to make fun of cancel culture and me too. And I think it might be more of that. Or so, maybe it's doing both, uh, both things. Well, it could be. Yeah, it could be. I'm going to say I, um, so, so all of these sort of questions that were brewing, right. As I was thinking about, all right, Pepe Le Pew, the apology, what, what does this mean? Um, what, what could we do with this? Um, so I got to watch some Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Who I have never seen before. No, if I you either. can believe that. Oh, okay. Let me tell you right now. You go watch Dave Chappelle. He okay. is brilliant. He is okay. an absolute fucking genius. The, the sparks just fly off of him while he's performing, right? Wow. Okay. But uh, I mean, I haven't seen anything as good uh, that, let me, I'm not quite sure, the, like the feelings, the feelings, yeah. uh, since Whoopi feelings. Goldberg. Uh, did her oh, wow, thing on okay. HBO, right? Um, and I can watch that Whoopi that Whoopi Goldberg today. I can watch that Whoopi Goldberg episode or show yeah. today. Yeah. I can watch yeah. that Whoopi Goldberg all day long. Um, <laughs> I can watch that episode. That Jesus God, what words do I want? Special. Can we do this in French? La <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's just it's still very stirring. And so. Um, Chappelle in one of the shows, because I watched one and a half that okay. I saw, had a defense for Louis C.K. Okay. Right? And his defense was, and and I think this this gets us to the heart of the Me Too movement okay. question, right? And this line that I think Jay Martell is. I've already lost interest in Chappelle. Oh, okay. Um, well, so, uh, so what do you basically. I mean, these aren't my words, these are his, right? He's he's like, listen, Chappelle was masturbating in his own hotel room. Louis C.K. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody, you just back that not one Dave out. Chappelle. It was not Dave Chappelle. It's Dave Chappelle talking about Louis C.K. Yes, yes. And, and really, it's just 16 ounces of glucose talking to you yes. right now. Because it's sugar, sugar, sugar. Um, and so basically, uh, Chappelle's like, listen, he was just masturbating in his hotel room. He, he let people know that that's what he was going to do. And maybe some people were like, is this a bit, is he gonna, is it a joke that he's finished? Is it still a joke? Right. Um, and he's like, and they could have walked out at any point. So, I mean, 
that's what he implied. He doesn't say that, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he, Dave Chappelle is genius because he is able to use nuance uh, mm -hmm. in ways that are masterful, mm -hmm. right? I am, I am not shocked that he is as good as he is uh, because he's that good. What did I just say? So he's great. Uh, but so is this defense of, of Louis C.K., you know, not telling women, you have to watch me or locking the door and, and for now, I haven't read a lot of the victims uh, complaints, their legal mm -hmm. complaints. So I actually don't know what I happened think it in this was room. Mostly that, that he had some power over them because it, he was so famous. Right. Exactly. And they were not, he had some control possibly over their careers. Right. And he, I don't know that he ever did it with like uh, Sarah Silverman. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um I think she said he's never done that in front of her, right? Yeah. But, you know, Sarah Silverman. Hi. So anyway, um, so yeah, it, 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 that defense within, I mean, it's sort of victim blaming in a way when Chappelle says the women were, when he implies the women were free yeah. to walk out again, nuance. Yeah. And so that does kind of get to that, that question of has the Me Too movement gone too far? And I don't know what too far is because this isn't my baseball game. Right. Right? I'm not well, straight. But you you as a as a man have some influence over other men. So you should sure. have an interest in what other men do regarding women. Oh sure regardless of, course. of whether you're gay or straight or well, either I, way. So I'd even flip that and I would say that I have uh, uh, predominantly female friends and uh -huh. And I care about what happens to them, regardless right. of of who does it, right? right? And it's not like I'm I'm blind to this stuff. It's just um, I don't want to say I don't have a dog in that fight because you know we're not talking about about sexual assault, which is very clear. It it gets into that. I guess this is the Me Too movement trying to better define what is assault. Well, I mean, assault, the definition of assault, I'm sure, is very clear if you looked it up. But, I mean, assault and battery are two different things. So, assault is what Louis C.K. did. That's assault. Battery would be if he put his hands on someone. Okay. All right. Um, and so, yeah. I, I mean, you say it, and suddenly it's so clear. <laughs> That's because I'm right. <laughs> well, I knew you'd be the perfect person to have this conversation with. I've talked to other friends. <laughs> well, um, I'm sure other people will have other opinions. As they say on one of my favorite podcasts, um, other opinions are available. So um, They are, but we, that doesn't mean that they are right. They're right. That's true. Um, yeah. So I think I, I, I disagree with Dave Chappelle, and I disagree with Louis C.K., and I disagree now with Jay Martell, if that's his name. I've forgotten it already. It is. Um, if he really is making fun of the cancel culture slash Me Too movement. Um, so now I have to rethink my rating of this apology. So oh. if we look back on the characteristics of a good apology, the first one is to say you're sorry, right? So right. he did say he was sorry. He said it in English and in French. So we're looking at Pepe Le Pew here, not Jay Martel. Right. And Jay so that's Martel. two points for being bilingual right there. So <laughs> and then Pepe Le Pew would need to own the mistake. So did he did he say what he had did had did had done wrong? Yes, he did. So he gets another point for that. Did he describe what happened? He certainly did. So he under he shows that he understands what happened and why it was hurtful to the victims. 
did he have a plan? Did he say how he was going to fix the situation? Well, he was going to use all those lawyers to give money to animal rescue centers and clean the white stripes off of the backs of the Which is atoning and doing something. So, yep, so that counts. He admitted he was wrong, and he did ask for forgiveness. Now, was he sincere? That's where possibly it all falls down. Because I think that sincerity is the most critical aspect of an apology. And if what you're saying about the writer is true, then he would not be writing this apology as a sincere apology. One could build that argument, right? We would have to yeah. get into the writer's heart In fact, to I know. Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Le true. Um, <laughs> so, what do you think? Like, what would you give this apology, uh, this faux apology? Okay, pretending so, it's a real apology. So this is tough because I've been sitting with this uh, oh this Louis C.K. connection for for a while, right? Uh-huh. Which has skewed my. When I first read it, I was like, okay, it's funny. It's obviously it's well written, um, but I'm not sure if what what is the actual comment or what's you know what are we what are we saying? It's just. It's not clear, right? Now, I sound like a babbling idiot right now, so uh, no surprise that it wasn't clear to me. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> so, 10 points for being well-written, um, 10 yeah. points for being clever, like having a cartoon character apologize and Pepe Le Pew, okay, cool, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's sincere. I think it's meant to be sarcastic, and I think it's meant to be a commentary on Me Too movement, and that, uh, and this is me projecting, but I'm going to say, you know, a defense of Louis C.K. So mm, then it starts, it starts slipping, right? Um, right. So ten for creativity, I'll split it, and uh, maybe a three on the on the apology level. Although, if it's lacking sincerity, it should just automatically be a zero. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, um, I, 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 like you, I think it gets 10 style points and zero sincerity points. So that's a means, five? No, it means it's a zero. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you multiply, not not add. Dang, <laughs> you're smart. I'm that... totally smart. I remember the basics of math. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. So uh, while I did not hate that I read that um, Pepe Le Pew apology, and while I didn't, do not regret the time I spent out of my life, my very busy and important life reading that apology, uh, I don't think that overall it was a good apology. No, uh, it didn't do the it didn't do the work. Yeah, it, the yeah, essential it work. It hasn't made an anything apology. better, right? If yeah. anything, although you know, if if the point it now, so this isn't the apology, but just sort of the point uh-huh. of the piece, if it's to get people uh, into a dialogue about me too and where's the line and blah blah blah, uh, then hey, it's it's done some work there. You know, here we I are. I think that dialogue already existed. Well, it did. But, in my opinion, uh, not in a not in the shape and form of a lovable, sexy, <laughs> suave French skunk. So. Okay, I'll give you that. So, who's sorry now, Theo? Oh wow, um, you know, uh, great question. I don't have well, a cartoon you, apology. You 
I can tell you who's sorry now, and, and it's not a cartoon apology, but it's a sexual harassment apology. Ooh. And don't worry, I'm not apologizing for sexually harassing somebody because I don't think I ever have. I hope I never have. To my memory, I never have. Um, but uh, as probably any woman can say, I have been harassed and even stalked. And there was a guy that I worked with when I worked at a video store, video slash CD store, um, who decided that he had a crush on me eventually. We were friends. We became friends, and then we were friends for a while. And then he decided that he had a crush on me, and he told me, and he asked me out. And I was like, no, thanks, but not really. And he kept pushing me and pushing me. And eventually he said, you'll be sorry. And he came to my apartment and pounded on my door. And I was pretty terrified by that point because he had said, you'll be sorry. And there was no way I was letting him into my house. So I called the police who came out and basically just made him leave. And I don't think they did anything other than that. Um, but uh, he's sorry. He should be very sorry now. He should apologize to me for doing that. And he can go screw himself. Wow. I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember this. Um, vaguely. But yeah. which is terrible because, oh my God, you would think that somebody pounding on your door would be a memory that I would have for the rest of my life. But <laughs> well, it's things like that happen a lot to women. So it's not that memorable. Well, things like that do happen a lot. To, did you have to work with the guy again? No, no, we weren't working together at that point. Thank goodness. <gasps> oh, okay. All right. But that was it, certainly the end of our friendship if it wasn't already over, which I think it was. Yeah. Oh, man. It was. He, he was he was a right winger. I think he's probably now like you know a trumper. So no way but, was I going to go out with somebody like that. I mean, whatever he is, I'm sure it's not going to be good. No, not anything I, that I, I would have around now at all. But he's not here. He lives in another state. Thank goodness. So have you thought of anything to uh, be sorry for? No, because I'm picturing this guy banging on your door and and how yeah. scary that would have been. Um, especially with, I mean, who asks somebody out and then says, you'll be sorry you didn't go out with right. me. Right. I mean. I mean, who says that? Why would you say? Yeah, it's like Pepe Le Pew, I guess. Some people are just idiots. Well, I mean, you know, that, um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I was just about to defend Pepe Le Pew and be like, oh, what Pepe did wasn't that bad. He wasn't banging <laughs> on a kid's door. He was just, you know. He locked a woman up. Pepe trying to did. kiss her. At least I didn't get locked up. Um, okay, let's see. I should, of course, I'm focused on like, oh, do I have a cartoon apology? Do Because I've never, as far as I know, um, been sexually inappropriate with somebody um, who didn't enjoy it. Oh, <laughs> stop. That's terrible. <laughs> Theo, shame on you. You're going to go straight shame to hell for that. Um, let's see here. So, yes, of course. Oh, well, I'm, I am sorry for the man this morning behind the counter of the 7-Eleven when I shouted the word battery at him <laughs> like five times in a row, very slowly. If he didn't get it the first time, yeah, he wasn't going to get it the 18th. And why the fuck I didn't pull my phone out and just show him a picture of a battery, like what exactly I was looking for, and just be like, yeah. this Right. Um, but I didn't. And I did apologize to him when I was there several times. And then I changed the minute I got my battery, I changed into super nice, you know, thank you so oh, much. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. 
You have a wonderful well, day. At least you, Thank you. At least you weren't a jerk the whole time. <laughs> right. I mean, oh, God, I'm so sorry to that guy. And, uh, you know, I'd go back and give him something like, I bake some like bread what? for you or whatever. But Oh, don't. That's too much. Oh, well, yeah. He'd be like, I don't want your bread. You'd probably put a battery like, in it. I don't even remember you. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully that'll be my... If there's a God and there's not... Um, he, she, they will erase me from that guy's mind. Yes. 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 All right, uh, cool. Well, hey, what? before we go, though, because uh, I, I, I heard that intake of, goodbye, everybody. But I want to say, hey, everybody, thank you for sticking with us this long, this far into the episode, and for being a listener. Um, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to, and... I always think of them as my podcast and it's small and it's special and it's mine. And I'm the only person who listens to it. And it, it, and when I hear other people talking about my podcast, one, I'm surprised they know about it. And then two, I get mad, which is stupid. Are you talking about other podcasts that you think of as your podcast? Yeah. Other, other podcasts. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember when um, you were the person who introduced me to podcasts Right. Really? You were like, hey, have you ever heard a podcast? And I was like, no, I think I've heard of them, but no, not really. And you were like, oh, well, you should listen to uh, it was Night Vale. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, of course, I'm, oh, I'm totally right. cool that way. Cool. Fine. I will. If Juliet uh-huh. likes it, I'm going to give it a go. And uh-huh. uh, and I really enjoyed it. And it was like, and then we were just painting a house. And it, it I was still inside have that painting. shirt for you of Night Vale. That's the old woman who secretly lives in your home. Uh, that's scary to me. The old woman who secretly <laughs> lives in your home is definitely a, it will keep me up at night if I think about it. But yeah, and so I was listening, you know, we listened to that and I was like, oh, I like it. And then I tripped over my favorite murder. Early days, everybody. Yeah, I was yeah. an early adapter. And that was my <laughs> show. And they were mine, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they got popular, and then I got mad. And the same thing happens with bands. Like, I like a band, and then right. it gets popular, and then I don't like it. Sure. Um, and so, we just want to say thank you, you guys, so much. We would love to hear from you. Um, we see you, Russia. We see you, Germany. We see you, America, off the charts. Yeah. Thank you. We, we see, see you, you iHeart listeners. I don't know who's in DC listening to us, but hey. I'm like I said, I think it's AOC or Dr. Jill, but Probably. One or the other. AOC. I mean AOC. We did a show about her. Of course she listened. She was hooked. (laughs) Um, So we really, really, really appreciate it means so much to us when when a random person subscribes to the show. I don't give a shit. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I do. <laughs> I'm very happy. I've, we have so many listeners. I didn't expect, I mean, not so many, but I didn't expect we'd have as many as we do. And I'm very thrilled. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, honestly, it, it, it's such a treat when it's like, oh, new subscribers, new subscribers. Uh, and old subscribers, thank you also. And yeah. we just can't We've been doing say. this for over six months. And I want to come up with a term for listeners other than listeners. And so the best I could do is like, you're listening to a pod, you're our pod, you're in our pod. So that makes you a doll fan because dolphins swim in pods, but that's terrible. (laughs) Oppo head was another one, but that's also Mm, terrible. Are you an oppo head? I'm such an oppo head. Listeners should come up with a name for themselves. Sorry, Meisters. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely the listeners should come up with it for themselves. How dare you? I don't know when I've been insulted. And I'd also like to thank Red Bull for being our sponsor this episode. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Thank you for (laughs) keeping me propped up at a delta of caffeine and sugar. Um, Yeah, and now I'm going to spend the rest of the day on the couch. Good for you. Good for me. Perfect plan. Me too. All right. So thank you, Theo. Appreciate it. Thank you, not Theo. I also appreciate it. (laughs) And thank you, listeners. We especially appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with who knows what. Yay. Double yay. listening to apologies accepted the podcast you can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes to submit an apology or find out more visit us at apologiesaccepted.net where you can also find our merchandise we're on twitter at apologies accepted and on instagram at apologies.accepted you can support our important work at patreon forward slash apologies accepted and fuck facebook <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs>